the Spurs News Podcast, the home for discussion on all things Spurs. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome back to a new episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, joining me this week and almost every week, it's my partner in crime, it's Matt. Hey mate, we, we normally do a... Um, we're... When we when we record, we always count ourselves in, don't we? And I just yeah. honestly, that's the most depressing countdown I think we've ever done into our recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it we possibly re- is. We really it have po- to talk about Spurs for the next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This 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 one, um, we've had a fair few times over the course of this season where I consider it dragging ourselves to the mic, um, yeah. which is kind of like. Today, it's not so much dragged myself, it's like I literally, yeah, I, I was struggling today. I was, I was, you sort of, you got to try and find a, a balance between talking about what's going on and talking about the sort of the issues and stuff like that and also having a bit of a laugh. And so I sort of always look at things and I like write little bullet points and like, okay, well, cover this, cover this, cover this. And as I'm doing the bullet points for like what to discuss because of what's gone on in the latest week, I'm kind of like... I can't make this funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, good luck with that one, mate. <laughs> yeah, I, I, where can I find the humour in this? Um, no, I'm, I'm struggling, struggle with it. So, I mean, we're, we're going to go for it, and I'm sure I'll find a way to laugh anyway, because I already have. But yeah, and also as well, we all, let's all just all share the pain, shall we? Everyone listening with me, you. Like, we're all yeah, Spurs fans. We all just listen. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, let's, let's have a virtual uh, and socially distanced uh, hug. Yeah. Uh, but of course, this is the week to talk about hugs, where here in the UK, for the first time in my life, I saw government guidance on how to hug oh, wow. in a in a post-COVID world. Um, hugs are allowed with people outside of your household again soon, and the government felt it was necessary to advise us all on how to hug. I mean, this is... This is 2021, people. This this is this is where we're living. I haven't actually seen it. Is there is there is it a, is it a different oh, way of cuddling, or just is it just? Well, well, basically, their advice their advice is that when you hug someone, you shouldn't do it face to face. Okay. Now, I don't know about you. I'm not a very huggy person. I got to be honest with you. I hug my daughter. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a huggy person. I like literally like friends of mine will know this. Uh, you know, people. You know, like there are some people that are huggers. Like, yeah, they, they'll meet you and they'll hug. Come you. give me a hug. Yeah, yeah. Like some of my friends, like over time, have thought it'd be hilarious when they know people like that to introduce them to me and just watch me kind of step backwards <laughs> from them and go no. Yeah. So yeah. So it just I'm not that. No, don't. No. 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 Don't come near me. But when I've hugged people, Matt. My my, I'm never face to face. You know, I'm yeah. not like nose to nose as I hug. Your head's going. You kind of look to the the other yeah. direction. Yeah. So so to be told that you know when you hug you should do that. I'm kind of like ah oh, good. I've been doing it right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Something in my life is is gone well. Yes. Here we go. You don't need the guidance. Um, no, I did not need to go. Of course, whenever a guidance like this comes out, and by the way, every single news reporter who's reported this last week, I've done it with like this look on their face of what has my life become <laughs> that I'm doing this. And I think a fair few of the MPs in the government are a bit like, what the hell? This is not what I got into public service no. for. <laughs> um, so I can completely understand it, and I know what they're doing, and it's all fine, and it's... But the fact that as soon as you release something like that, you just know that the internet's going to grab it and have fun with it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, 
So there's this um, image um, going around at the moment where the government guidance is on the left-hand side of the image. Now, in the original, on the right, there's literally like a two-silhouette image of people hugging with their faces going the opposite direction, like I would consider a normal hug to be. Mm. However, thank goodness for the internet and the people who have far too much time on their hands because they've now done this exact thing with all the government guidance on the left, but on the right they've grabbed an image from the Kama Sutra where basically you're doing a 69 but standing up. <laughs> so on the left it's like, when you hug someone you've not seen in some time, you should not be face to face. And then of course you look at the image like, well, they're oh, definitely not face to face. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, that that's circulated within like minutes of the official one, I think. It's like... Bravo, well done, whoever did that. You can always rely on the uh, internet, can't you? You can, you can, uh, to be both disgustingly evil and also kind of funny at yes, the same time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, as much as I'd love to talk about the hug legislation in the UK for the next 40 minutes, I probably should mention Tottenham <laughs> at some point. Uh, there are several people at the club I would not hug. No. <laughs> um, uh, where, to, where to start? I mean, I suppose we'd better start with the fact we played a game recently. Uh, we lost the Leeds United. Um, we lost the Leeds United. Uh, we didn't play well. Um, let's not be around. But I think we also need to analyse the fact that Leeds were very good. Very motivated. Very energetic. They pressed as a team. They pressed in packs. They were, you know, they... I think the commentator says hunted impacts, and they did. You know, every time one of our players in the attacking third had the ball, there were three people on them. Mm. I, on several occasions, paused the game to count the Leeds players just to make sure we were still living Yeah. <laughs> so, hang on a minute. There's no way you three are there when I saw you over there a minute ago. Because you know what? You know it's um, funny because you know we we've mentioned before, haven't we? That you know you got you got Bow, Son, and Kane, so they're all going to go yeah. to one of them, and then leaves the other two oh, free. But they man, seem to be free on each. They, <laughs> They were phenomenal. I mean, they they really were. I mean, they went into the game well drilled, well prepared, uh, which is a mark of a good, solid coaching. Bielsa, without a shadow of a doubt, um, and it's a mark. And one of the things I think a lot of Tottenham fans got very depressed about watching that Leeds game is not so much you know we lost the game because let's face it, this season we're all kind of used to that. It's not the fact we didn't play well because again, this this season we're kind of used to that is the fact that we got beaten by a team that were basically playing the exact same way that Tottenham were about two, three years ago. Mm. So I think a lot of people watching it were like, wow. That was us, that. yeah. Remember when we used to have all that energy? Remember <sighs> when we used to press people? Remember when we, you know, remember when we'd like hit passes and people would move? Oh, <laughs> it's man. weird, right? Um, so yeah, so, so all of the... All of the kind of good things from the Sheffield United game and all the kind of like happiness. And like I said last week, we caveated it. They were already relegated sides. So they were going to be tough to break down, but we did it well and it was a good win. Um, you kind of, Leeds United just just destroyed us. Um, and they, and had, no... they had nothing to really play for either, did they? They're not, you know, they've got... Well, they're, they're kind of mid-tier. I mean, yeah. they... They, they could conceivably climb a little bit higher. And in the Premier League, every place counts when it comes to money. Um, but, yeah, they, they weren't exactly playing for anything other than they just want to beat us. Yeah. And we beat them 2-0 earlier in the season, a Jose Mourinho masterclass, as they call them. Um, and, yeah, they came out making sure we weren't going to do the double on them, which, which is fair enough. Mm. Um, the one thing I would say about the game, and, and it is... It's frustrating, and it's kind of, you know, goals and stuff change matches, obviously. The game was one all. Uh, we'd managed to work ourselves back into the game, and we could have gone 2-1 up 
for a VAR decision on an offside goal. Now, on this, what what's interesting about this, for me anyway, is in real time, the, the linesman flagged, and I looked there and I thought he was off by a mile. <laughs> and that's how real time can be so deceiving because of camera angles and everything like that. So I wasn't even, you know, I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's, it's, it's not a goal. Because yeah, he scored another one later on, of course, where he was basically stood next to the goal. That's line. right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, that's clearly on like, it. Yeah, this was good. So to me, like, that was the same. I was like, my attitude was the same. So like, well, he's clearly offside. He's clearly offside. They then show the VAR and I'm like, oh, my, oh wow, he's onside. Yeah. And it's like, they've shown it, clear as day. He's on, wow, he's level. Oh, wow, we've scored. Oh, we're 2-1 up. You know? And like, I had this unbelievable kind of like, VAR, I love you. Yeah, I was <laughs> the same. Where have you been all my life? I was the same. And then they didn't give it. And I'm sat there and I'm watching it and I'm like, I don't I, I don't get it. I'm looking at that. He's, he's like, I don't get it. I, I really don't get it. And then I'm, I'm going on, like, you know, Twitter's hardly a barometer for common sense, but there's a lot of very neutral accounts, like journalists going, I don't get that. <laughs> you know, we've literally just seen them draw the lines, and then they've seen it was level, and then they've moved the line on the cane's foot. It's still level. What What's going on? And I think the commentator joked, oh, if Kane had worn size 8 boots today, not size 10, that would have been a goal. And I'm like... That's not funny. Yeah, but not just that. But look, you look at last week, okay? So that that game against Sheffield United, uh, where yeah. that was a red card, wasn't it? You know, oh, blatantly yes. cut red card long. all day long. But yeah. but but we we make we're making that judgment on how we interpret the rules, and you, you know, it's it's, yeah. uh, it's that kind of uh, subjective versus objective uh, kind of yeah. thinking. I get that, you know. But with this one. Like his foot was like this imaginary yeah, line appeared in front yeah. of his foot. Like where where, yeah. where was that line coming from? Yeah, I, 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 and I'm still I'm still baffled by it. And I've seen a, a bit of debate from a few people online again looking at it. And by the way, I'd like to point out just for clarity on Twitter, a lot of Leeds fans were looking at it and retweeting it, going, "I have no idea how we got away with that." Yeah. <laughs> And, and so everybody looked at it and just went, I don't get it. Now, I put it to uh, a referee on Twitter, and he didn't reply to me, mm. but I did see him reply to a similar question to somebody else, which is, if the linesman had kept his flag down, would that have been given in a goal? Because if the linesman had kept his flag down and saying, no, I think it's onside, would there have been evidence there to say it wouldn't? And the referee replied, yeah, I think it would have been given. Right. I think because the linesman put his flag up, you needed to see evidence that is definitely onside, and he's basically bang on. So I, I mean, that's I don't, evidence. Uh, that's it's, evidence. It's, yeah, to me, it's to me, it's evidence. To me, it's yet again, you're looking at the officiating because the technology has gone. Here you go. Here's the image. It's how someone interprets the image. It, do, 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 uh, do you know? Do you know what, Sam? Yeah. It's, it's like being in court, right? And 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 yeah. some and someone uh, mur- murdering someone, and they're saying, "Well, yeah. do you know what? I didn't, I didn't kill them." And then there's a there's a CCTV of them killing them. Yeah. Well, you know, this person said they hasn't, so we kind of, you know, we can we use this? Like, you know, yeah, can, it's the same thing. It's like it's... Use it? I mean, in the in this image, I've drawn a line here, and it looks like he was slightly ahead of the person before he pushed him. Like, yeah, it's you know, just I, I, yeah, ridiculous. It's, it is. It is absolutely. Oh. I mean, another another incident in the game, of course, was there was a uh, Lucas Mora came on, and Lucas Mora got booked and penalised twice in like seconds of coming on for basically using his arm to get a Leeds defender off of him. Now. Lucas, he he got booked for swinging his arm. Okay, 
Now the guy's got hold of him by the shirt and Lucas has done what every player does in the world and just tried to shrug him off as he's run away from him. Lucas has caught him with his hand to his face. There's no intention there. Everyone watching it would agree with that. He's not like swung his elbow. You know, there's, there's a big difference between like seeing someone behind you and cracking them in the face and just like get off me mm. and catching him. Now, the referee wants to give that as a foul. I could kind of look at that and go, that's soft, but yeah, okay, he's caught him in the face with his hand. But he's booked him. Now, so I'm looking at that and I'm thinking to myself, right, here's the issue of refereeing in this country. A week before, a Tottenham player gets stamped on his head and nothing. Like, he's not even booked. Now, like I said to you, on the, and I said on the show last week, if you're looking at that, the absolute optimistic, which I still don't agree with, but you're looking at the absolute best way possible, which is he has accidentally stamped on his head, it's still a booking on the rules. Mm. Lucas Moura has accidentally caught this guy in the face, and the referee has deemed that as a booking in the rules because it's endangering an opponent. As a Tottenham fan, and as Tottenham players, I'm sure, it's starting to get to a point where I'm starting to feel very aggrieved by this and I think probably every fan of every club feels this way about decision but like these two weeks in a row I'm looking at like the VAR decision I mean that's game changing in reality we we go we then go I think three minutes later we went 2-1 down and then we had to chase the game and ended up losing 3-1 if we'd gone 2-1 up and gone in the half time 2-1 it's a completely different game mm-hmm. And I mean, Leeds might have come back and won it. We we don't know, but the thing is, we don't know. Whereas we should have been two one up. We also Lucas Moura came on and was booked straight away, and then penalised straight away, which basically nullified him because Leeds just held on to him. Then he was trying to turn and make his runs like he always does, but then all of a sudden he's got it and he said, "This referee's giving free kicks against me." I think even the commentator was like, "Lucas Moura has been penalised twice whilst on the ball." Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it's like. Yeah. What the hell? It is like the referee in his brain has seen Lucas Moura hurt someone at some point. And the minute he came on, was like, right, I'm going to watch you. If you swing your arm, you're you're done, mate. It's just bizarre. And the officiating, it's like every week VAR is supposed to destroy the debate on referees. It was supposed to make everything clear and everyone could, even if you didn't like the decision, you could go, well, there's the evidence. And it's not. It, all it's done is shown us how incompetent they are in reading the images and everything. And it's universal. Like Again, like I said to you, Leeds United fans on, on Twitter, again, were just like, that goal was onside. I looked at it so many times. And you, yeah. the line that they've used for Kane's line is in front yeah. of his foot. I don't yeah. understand. You can see clear as day a space between the front of his foot and where that line is. And if you just bring yeah. the line to where the end of his toe ends... It's yeah. it's, on, it's, it's still, the same line. It's still it's 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 exactly it's exactly it. So if if they're trying to and the, the thing that aggravates me is there are these rules around players in the club cannot say about these things. They cannot protest. They cannot do anything. Because if they do, they get fined. In in reality, the club should be able to after this game. You don't need to be in public, don't it? But should have a a system of recourse where they can go to the referees and say. This incident today, can you explain that to us? Because at the moment, and, and it's all an unofficial thing, like Ryan Mason can knock the referee's door and go in and have a chat with him. The referee can explain it, but he's not allowed to make that public. He's not allowed to do anything like that. 
I don't agree with no. that. I personally think that referees should be held accountable for decisions. And um, and that's not for me so we can attack them, but it's for hopefully we can drive improvement. So after a game, a panel should look at the, all of these things in this game and go, right, this, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. And maybe if somebody does that, these referees will all collectively improve. Because at the moment, they're protected. Yeah, and do you know, do you know what, Sam, as well? This, and I, I'm sorry to just bring up the same conversation when it comes to VAR that everyone does all the time. Yeah. But VAR was brought in to stop human error, to, to, erad- yeah. to eradicate human error. So, yeah. you know, so the, so the linesman's flagged, right? So he's, like, like you said... In real time, that looks way offside. He's seen it in real time. Now, VAR should be there to go, okay, now let's look at it. Let's see if it was offside. And then when when the evidence on the camera shows that it's onside, let's reverse the decision. That that surely is what VAR should be there for. And that's it. And like like a lot of people criticise the linesman. I'm like, well, no, because he has made the decision that he thinks right on the field. But he's done it knowing that he's also got this safety net if you like this kind of eye in the sky who's going to confirm his decision and if he's made an error then he's made an error but at least it's been corrected I, I remember um, years ago there was an interview of a linesman who gave a goal offside in like an FA Cup final and it wasn't you know the replays after the game showed it was onside and stuff and the other team went on the win and he was like I've been haunted by that mm. I, would, I quit I like you know I have sleepless nights and stuff he said you said that you know all the people who were angry at me and like sending me death threats stuff like that you have no idea how you know tormented I was and I remember watching I was thinking that's a really valid point you know these people don't get up despite us sometimes thinking they do they don't get up and do this job because they think to themselves right I'm going to screw over this team I'm going to screw over that player mm. they are literally trying to do the job to the best of their ability and if they make an error that it's that massive it's going to impact them. So VAR coming in is obviously to them, it's like, right, okay, I've made that to the best of my ability. If I'm wrong, oh, thank, you know, Frank Murphy's been caught rather than, you know, this game finishing and all of a sudden I get to go home, put match of the day on and realise what a proud I've been. Yeah, completely. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what? I, I, I've, I always think this when it comes to offside decisions. It must, like, when you think about it and I... I, mm. I like you look at the you look at the the uh, the linesman where he is. So he's obviously trying to keep yeah. up with play. It must be so freaking difficult to yeah. like because you, you've got to look at, you've got to look at when the ball's been t- hit or kicked yeah. and look at the line. It's yeah. impossible, isn't it? And if you think about how fast transitions, can yeah. Be, um, you know, you think about you could be defending a corner and you get the ball back, bang, goes to Sonny, Sonny runs the length, puts it to Bale, Bale sprints and scores. Goal against Sheffield United is the perfect example. That linesman is sort of around the halfway yeah. mark, has had to sprint with Bale yeah, <laughs> to, to yeah. get there and make it a sit. So, from VAR point of view, he's probably. Because, uh, again, I always talk about other sports and how I think football can learn. You think about in cricket, by the way, which isn't perfect for technology, but they are years ahead of where football are. They do a thing called a soft signal. So basically, it's like, okay, we can't see if that's been caught. I think it has been. So on the field, I'm saying, yeah, I think it's out, but can you check it? The linesman, for me, in decisions like that with Kane, perhaps all offside decisions, I don't know. Perhaps we need to remove linesmen. Yeah, I don't know. I think think so. It gets to a point where it's like, they say to them, don't flag, because if you flag a guy running through on goal, and then the VAR shows he would have been onside, but he stopped, 
or the defenders stop because they see your flag and he's gone through and scored, that ain't fair. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, completely. Because you've misjudged the initial running line and therefore this happens. So you get to this point where it's like, well, perhaps they should just keep the flag down, the, the play continues, and then like the goal's gone in and then the linesman gives a soft signal. It's like, I think that was off. And then it gets reviewed or I think that was on. It gets reviewed. But like I just said, as I'm saying that, you're kind of eliminating them. Yeah, yeah there. exactly. That, that's that's it. Thinking about it, honestly, I mean, if, for, if we're going to... offside, what, you know, look, look, we, we, technology... Yeah, we, we've, got, we've got VAR here now, okay? So yeah. what... what oh, and I, and I, don't, I don't want it to, you know, to be the death knell for people's jobs as linesmen, mm. but what is the point of a linesman? Because well, even now, like... You know, how long's VAR been in? Two or three years, isn't it? Even now, yeah, we, we we've said this before, haven't we? Um, yeah. What game was it? Where where you don't almost you don't celebrate a goal now, almost. No, well, it, it, it's true, especially with like fans in the stadium when you're watching it on TV, and you just hear the ball at the back of the net. I, I watched it with my daughter recently, and we scored a goal, and she jumped. I went, I went, I'll wait, because I'm like, I think he's off. And then they they replayed it, and he was on, sorry. And I was like, oh, good. And she was like, yeah, you know, you, you didn't celebrate. I'm like, to be honest with you, that's how it is now. Yeah. I, I don't. It just is so... And I think perhaps if a stadium full of fans and a roar happens, I'll be more into it. And then like, oh, no, VAR. You know, my brain will click back. Mm. But at the moment, it's so... Sterile, uh, isn't it? Sterile, mm. that's the word. Yeah, yeah. sterile. Um, just to finish what we were talking about, linesman. Again, using cricket as an analogy, they very recently taken away no ball decisions from the umpire. Okay. I think take away offside decisions from the assistant referees, because they're not linesmen anymore, they're assistant referees. Yeah. So if you take away offsides from them, and you say, right, that is not your job anymore. Your job is to be either side of the pitch and watching everything that's going on. You know, you've both got a half each, and you watch everything, and you are assistants to that referee. If the referee's following the ball, and off the ball, someone cracks someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You are, you, are, you are mic'd up, and you say, stop the game. <laughs> you know, you mm. you are there. And maybe that would improve refereeing standards for the game. Or, or even, because even... every offside, you know there ain't going to be a flag. Mm. You know that you, the play continues. Every defender, goalkeeper, attacker knows. And they know that each time, it's the, it's the TV official is going to make the decision. Yep. Do you know what? That's spot on. And I'm, I'm going to go even one step crazier than this. Um, Ooh, <laughs> go for it. Take the linesman away. Just have two yeah. referees, one in each half. Well, well, on the on the on pitch, pitch. yes, yeah. one in each half. Oh, 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 but what happens if there's a foul on the centre circle? <laughs> they just who, who gives it? Discuss what between if they the two disagree? Of them. What if they disagree? Like, no, I, I think that's a foul. No, I think that's fine. <laughs> well, who's whose side of the line is? Let's get the VAR. Let's get the VAR. Whichever side of the line it's on, you get to take the decision. I, I, I fear we're entering adult time multi ball kind of territory here. <laughs> and also, just like with American football, when yeah. they make a decision, they stand there, face the camera, the yeah. camera zooms on in on them, and then they say yeah. what the decision is. Yes. Now, see, now I'm not against that. I'm not. Against, I'm not against the referees having to freaking explain themselves. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm on board with this. Yeah. There's a flag on the play, and here we go. Seventeen white. Yeah. He punched that guy in the face. Yeah, that's that's holding. And, you, and <laughs> yeah. do you know what? All the all the referees have got come from the South of America. That, that, yeah, that, yeah, they, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. They need to. Yeah, we need to recruit the NFL referees. Let's <laughs> let's make it interesting. Or, or have cricket umpires do it. They basically aren't fit enough to run after the ball ever. No. They just set up a deck chair and shout, "Oh no, no, no! It's a goal." <laughs> yeah, whatever. Four. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's our take on refereeing. But but as much as the silliness at the end, I I do genuinely think this shit needs to be looked at. I I think you need to look at if technology is in football, which it is now. You then need to look at okay, so what is outdated? Mm. What is antiquated? What can be improved upon? Yeah. And the offsides is a yeah. It's, it's just it's just it's like it's it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's it's like that the the, the idea. That, like, and, and linesmen, linesmen, or you know, system referees, they, they get yeah. it right most of the time. But I, I think there's got to be, there's got to be guesswork. It's impossible. Your your two eyes cannot look at two things at the same time. It's impossible, isn't yeah. it? You know, so there there has to be guesswork involved. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Mm. Absolute crazy. Um, <clears throat> mate, it's it's time. Uh, I mean, I want to sort of cover that. I mean, we've covered off the Leeds game now. That, that's done. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to hand the show now over to fans on Facebook and Instagram, etc. And, and we've had messages via email and all sorts this week. So I'm going to hand it over now because for the rest of the show, I think they're going to give us the topics they yeah. want to hear covered. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll do that rather than me walk through the depressing bullet points. Okay, mate. Now it's time for your comments. We shall start our journey through the question and answer from all people with the good folks over at Instagram. Now, the good folks at Instagram, uh, we have one question on the post, and then we also have a message in. Someone has messaged Laura, and she has kindly sent it to me. Fantastic. Uh, so we'll start with the message on the post. So obviously we put the post out. Let us know if you've got any comments or anything like that. It's from Darren Ward.3. Does that mean there's three Darren Wards? Do you think it's, it sounds like quite a common name? So I, I can't imagine the first that you know he's, he's obviously put in Darren Ward and it and it hasn't worked, has it? So yeah, he's Darren had to go Ward to number three. three, or perhaps he's one of a triplets. Could be. What? And the parents called them Darren Just Ward one, Darren. Darren Ward two, Darren Ward three. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, where are the Darrens? Yeah, all right. Uh, we are seeing lots of managers linked to the vacant manager position, but one name has not been seen really, and that's Sean Dyche. I really should read these before I read oh, them out. He has done incredible at Burnley in a very small budget. I know some people will not like his brand of football, but I suspect this is a result of the players that is disposable more than choice. What are your thoughts? It, uh, my thoughts are you're winding us up, though. This is a wind-up. <laughs> it is a wind-up, isn't it? Sean, Sean Dyche. I mean, uh, there's pros and cons to every manager, of course. I think Sean Dyche in the dugout, I'd back him in a fight most weeks. Yeah, and also I'd like um, to. I like his press conferences, but that's literally about it. <laughs> The, the guy also loses his voice for the entire season. Like, Sean Dyche must run on the sidelines to a level that the guy permanently has throat damage. <laughs> so, you know, every press goes, all right, Sean Dyche. <laughs> he's got all his tenders. Uh, yeah, he's got his tenders. Well, he's joining Tottenham. I've got to get in the voice. Right? <laughs> yeah, um, but no, I... The thing with, I think there are different uh, horses for courses, an expression I use for Jose Mourinho and team selection quite a lot, but I think it's true for managers. I think there are some managers who are able to motivate teams and able to play a certain way. Uh, Sam Allardyce is another example of this. Sam Allardyce's record up until this week was never being relegated from the Premier League. Oh dear. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Gonzo! Yeah. So it's a, it's a season for records going especially with Mourinho <laughs> yeah well yeah I mean when you're outdated records end yep, there you go yep. yeah um, but you know Alex Ferguson never got relegated from the Premier League either but, no, but there's no. two there's two very different ends of the spectrum there uh, <laughs> nor did Arsene Wenger nor did uh, countless others so it, 
but you look at it because of the sides he's managed and the situations he's managed and he's come in sometimes midway through a season where a team are rock bottom and saved them. And and these types of managers are, are man motivators. Harry Redknapp's another good example. Harry Redknapp at Tottenham, we, we played some just like crazy fun football yeah. to watch. We were never tactically that good. No, when we no. came up against someone who tactically had us nailed, yeah. we got we got done. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> but, you know, a lot of the time it was just so much fun. It was kind of like, all right, lads, go out there, play football, have a good time. Oh, blatantly, <laughs> that's what it was. And he was, yeah, yeah, yeah. it really was. It was just, the, yeah. the fitness wasn't there, was it? No, it just... <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> It was just like go and have go and have a good time, lads. Um, you know, give, give it a bell. Give it to that young kid. Give it to that young Welsh. He knows how to play. Let him run. Yeah, yeah. Give it to Van der Vaart. That's that's the plan. Um, and, and you just had some great players in that, and they just went out and they had fun. And I think all of them would look at that time at Tottenham and be like, yeah, we had a great time, but we weren't that great. <laughs> we we just no, were good. No, yeah, um, we, I'm I, better we, than we were. I remember, we won. I was at the game when we won up Newcastle five 0 and it was incredible, yeah. you know. But yeah, that was yeah. a kind of little. That that wasn't every week. Yeah, yeah, that, that wasn't every week. No, no, it wasn't. A lot of the times teams, you know, knew how to defend yeah, and, yeah. and we looked a bit lost. So, um, yeah, I, I think Sean Dyche in his wheelhouse has done great. I, I think he's done phenomenal. Would he do so well elsewhere? You're never going to know until he does that. Um, but I, I don't think he's a fit for Tottenham. I think if you were to look at the the way that he plays football, it's not too dissimilar to Sam Allardyce or... Uh, even nowadays, Jose Mourinho, in terms of we're going to play tactically compact, we're going to make sure we don't concede, and we're going to try and nick goals. Yeah, that's worked brilliantly for Burnley. Um, but no, thanks. Would you want that at Tottenham? Probably not. No. I mean, we we want to play a certain way, and the club have said that we want to get back to playing that certain way. You listen to the players talking about. Now Jose's gone, talking about, oh, you know, at least we're playing the Tottenham way again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, none of them are being very subtle about that. Um, I, I just don't think it'd be a great fit. The, the guy's got a, a CV in the Premier League, which you would be interested to see him take a different job. Like, so, for example, I'd be interested to see him at Newcastle. Yeah, that would be a good fit. I think. Newcastle's a mm. big club, potentially. Mm. You've got a massive fan base. You've got a stadium. You've got a, a step up in funds. That, for me, is a more natural progression for Sean Dyche and see if he can then do it. But I, I don't think, you know, like you wouldn't see Chelsea, Liverpool. The, the idea of one of them looking at Sean Dyche going, yes, please. Yeah. Um, that's where we kind of want to be. Um, I know we're not at the moment, but. We were there. Yeah. <laughs> we were. We were really good for a couple of seasons. <sighs> um, right then, uh, just to cheer everyone up, because they like to laugh at my stupidness on this, we do have a message now from someone with their own intro. Now it's time for a comment from Old Brother. Welcome back to the show, Island Brother. And your question, another week and I allowed Spurs to suck me in again. Yeah, I know that, brother. <laughs> Leicester lost, the clouds parted, the sun was out for like a second, then reality. Are we really cursed? <laughs> Jeez, these players will never fail to make an opportunity to fail. Question, can Scotty Parker fix this? 
I can't help but think only gloom and doom await us if we don't get the next manager appointment right. Stay safe, everybody. Uh, thank you for the stay safe, everybody. That's very kind. Um, you're right. I think the next managerial appointment is really important. Um, Scotty Parker, for me, is not it. No. I don't, want to, um, I don't want to take on a manager that's just got a team relegated. Thanks very much. But what does that send as a sign? I yeah. think, you know, we covered it last week. It's like, you know, we sacked Jose Mourinho because we were in a cup final and we were, at the time he was sacked, in a cup final and within striking distance of the top four. And we sacked him because the football was crap and we weren't achieving what we wanted to achieve. You then bring in Scott Parker, who's just got a team relegated, going, yeah, <laughs> this guy, this it. guy, yeah. <laughs> he's um, your man. He's a, he's a good coach at the club, really regard highly because everyone was so impressed with him when he was working in the academy. He then left the academy to go to Fulham. Uh, he then stole a couple of academy coaches, by the way, as well, which I'm still bitter about <laughs> because I swear we've never been as good. Um <laughs> But anyway, uh, no, I don't think Scotty Park is the guy for this. Um, same reason why I don't think Ryan Mason is, and I love Ryan Mason like he's a member of my family. The guy can do no wrong for me, but it's just too much too soon. Um, yeah. you, you've got to work towards things. You need to learn, you know, learn your way. Um, and Ryan's been thrown in the absolute deep end in a kind of like, go on, kid, you know, learn on the job. Yeah. Um, which I suppose happens with some and then it works well. But the one thing I would say is most of the young managers who come through and like, you know, you see them gone, like Pep Guardiola, you know, like came through like manager of Barcelona. He inherited probably the greatest squad of club football ever in history. Yeah, completely. <laughs> and he yeah. got to walk in as their coach and go, I am invincible. <laughs> if Ryan Mason was walking in with like Messi, Iniesta, and stuff like that, and he was failing the win games, you'd be like, "What the hell, dude?" <laughs> so, do, do you know? Yeah. Do you know what it's just, it's it's similar actually because like you know, obviously uh, we we were really interested in Nagelsmann, yeah. uh, and he's gone to, to buy Munich now, but mm. he 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 was managing a club that was throwing money at, at the club. I mean, yeah, not to not to the yeah. extent of Man City, you know, but it was still like he he wasn't kind of, you know, he wasn't he. Pochettino, I think, is a great example yeah. of someone who who, co- who coached a squad that, that the, yeah. the, the players, you know, we didn't spend a fortune on them, but no. he made them who they were. You know, that, that's that's what, that's what made that's what um, you know Pochettino. That's what brings him out from the crowd. You know, and yeah. I, I don't know, I, yeah, I, Scott Scott, Par- Scott Parker. I mean, like you know, he played for us. He's a he's a great guy and. I think he's got a good future in management, but you like you said, he's probably just a bit too soon for someone like him, isn't it? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Uh, and I hope, I mean, my hope is that Fulham stick with him. Uh, yeah. Stick with him, let the whole squad, let let him learn, let, let them develop and come back again. Um, whether they do or not, of course, because you, you never tell nowadays what, what people are thinking. Mm. Um, but yeah, we, we shall see. Um, that is all we had from Instagram. Um, but Facebook, however, Facebook, however, was far busier. Um, we actually had a message, a direct message on Facebook from a lady called Dawn Povey, P-O-V-E-Y, Povey? Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's probably. Yeah. Uh, could you ask, certainly, I'm here, I'm asking, um, do you think there will ever be a female manager for Tottenham or any side in the Premier League? Just wondering if you think it could ever happen. Um, I don't think now, um, but I think... I think it will in the future. Um, 
I think the the thing is, is like due to loads of circumstances, which I won't go down a history lesson right now. The women's game is so far behind the men's game in terms of the development and everything, which means professional women footballers, professional women coaches, are. 30 40 years behind where where men are in terms of the game being developed but it is just like every year every year growing and growing and growing and there is no doubt in my mind that there are some very astute tactically minded and good coaches in the women's game that could definitely do a job in the men's game as well whether it'll happen anytime soon, I don't think so. But I think at some point it will. I mean, already grassroots football, you're seeing women coaching men's teams more and more. So, Do you know what I was watching? Um, he's relevant, by the way, but I was watching House of Games uh, yesterday. Yeah. I love that quiz show. It's such yeah, a, me too. It's brilliant yeah. for uh, for just yeah. like a nice chilled out. And I love Richard Osman as well. And I follow Richard yeah. Osman on uh, Twitter. He's a Fulham fan. Oh, is he? Okay, yeah, but he's yeah. he's he's very progressive and he's thinking. You know, he's like um, you can tell that, can't you, just by seeing him? Yeah. Anyway, on House of Games yesterday, they uh, one of the questions was they had to name a name a team that's uh, name a country that's hosted the World Cup but hasn't won it. Yeah. yeah. And all four of them had to write it on their tablets, and then uh, basically, if if they one of them guessed it and none of the other three guessed it, then they win a point. Yeah. Now. The question was so yeah it was it was put like that name a country that has hosted the World Cup but not won it yeah. and one of the one of the one of the, the contestants said he's at the men's uh, World Cup yeah and Richard Osman looked embarrassed you could tell he kind of looked a yeah. bit awkward you know and, yeah. and I think we are really going that way now where it, it upsets a lot of people especially the old, older generation yeah what do you mean it's men, World Cup World Cup isn't it? it's, you know yeah. put men's on it you know <laughs> but but and, and, and there, there is a lot of people think that's fair enough you know and, and if I'm honest and I'll be completely open and honest it's, I still find it a bit odd like that, that I'm having to you having to differentiate the men's yeah. World Cups to women's but mate this is where it's going and I think that's yeah, a good well, thing that's, so so well, that's, that's a terminology thing I mean I'm 38 you're you're four, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not much older not much older yeah no, yeah, yeah a fraction a <laughs> yeah. fraction older um and we're, we're it's just what you're used to it's terminology and over time that that does change I mean I, me and you have said it and I, I was, remember when I had coach Ali on the podcast and we were chatting and we had a long discussion off off the recording as well about different things and I was talking about you know and we were talking about it's kind of laughing and, and kind of cringing at the stuff as kids we'd say like natural expressions that just existed in our vocabularies that then now you're older you look and go oh wow Wow! How did the wow? That was so bad. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. how how was that okay? Yes, well, it was the eighties people. It's like yes. how was I allowed to walk around saying that? Yes. That was like normal. And you're like yep. wow. And then we were talking about how that's progressing in all other things. And I, and I used an example, a really silly one. Of my daughter loves playing cricket in the summer, and they've got a girls' cricket team at a school now, and she's really into it. And so I was practicing with her, and we were practicing throwing the ball above the stumps. So, you know, you're fielding, and you want to get it back as quickly as you can. And she threw one. It went everywhere. And, oh, bloody hell, kid, you're throwing like a girl. And she just looked at me and went, yeah. Because I have a kid. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wow. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, no, that, I get that. that. That term is completely gone here. Yeah, it's, yeah that's, that's wrong. So, you know, I then... You know, said something else equally inappropriate, <laughs> but you know, what I mean, it's just like these little terms that you just don't even think about. I've said it all my life. Ah, you threw it like a girl, and she's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." Uh, what's what's your point on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's your point? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Invalid. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> the next one, she absolutely buzzed it and nearly took her fingers off, by the yeah. way. I think she was making a point. That'll learn you, Sam. That'll learn <laughs> yeah, you. That, that'll learn it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, things you know, things change. Uh, things move forward. Uh, and like I said, I mean, it's, it's a valid question. It's interesting because... Could you imagine, right, in the current climate, as things are right now, Tottenham announced, right, uh, we've taken, um, you know, the England, uh, probably the Chelsea women are the best coach team in women's football. The Chelsea women's coach and now Tottenham men's head coach. I mean, could you imagine the reaction? Oh, there'd be so much outrage, wouldn't there? They really would. But it's it's ridiculous, though, because like it it should be... probably the problem is we've got at the moment is there's such a gulf like you said between the men's and the women's game yeah. and um, so if you're going to bring over a female manager a female coach they're going to have been from from the women's game at the moment yeah. you know but the yeah. closer that that gets uh, hopefully yeah, with the investment exactly. that goes in it yeah. then it, it shouldn't be a problem but and, I, and also it's going to be it's going to take a club probably a smaller club probably in the lower leagues who's going to take that punt mm. and if they do well a lot of other teams will then go oh all right then. Oh, and it's no different to the kind of the the racial issues that you see around in football as well, like black coaches, black managers. It just takes more and more clubs to kind of go down that road. I mean, to me, it doesn't matter what colour you are, it doesn't matter what gender you are. If you're good at the job, yeah, completely. <laughs> yeah, just go for it. Yeah, and you yeah. know, this isn't a this isn't a job when you're coaching and managing where you're going to run into some sort of physical you know restriction or something like oh yeah sorry in this job you got to be six foot eight yeah, uh, yeah. you missed out there oh. yeah but anyway that's, they, that's that's just my opinion they've got it haven't they got it in isn't it in Ger- german football i think they 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 um there was one league wasn't it where they, they um had a female coach in the men's game no not in top flight that i know of but someone correct me, if, if you do know of top flight football where a woman is coaching one of the men's teams in one of the top flight divisions, let us know. I, I've not seen it. I did have a quick look because uh, I thought it was interesting oh, here we, after I saw that. Here question. we go. I've just, I knew it was in the gym. I've just looked at it on my foot. So, in, this is, this is, I'm glad that it's, it's me that's pronouncing this and not you. Yeah, <laughs> Imke Wobbenhurst made history in 2018 when she was appointed the first team manager of German 6th division side BV Kloppenberg 6th division yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah right so it's you know it's a start <laughs> hey man you got to start somewhere it's a start you got to start somewhere um, right, another direct message we had on the Facebook page is from James Campbell who says hi Sam and Matt I wanted to ask a question through here because I often miss the weekly post. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, the Supporters Trust has twice now called for the resignation of the entire board. Uh, the greater fan representation when the board's reappointed. This sounds great in theory, but do you feel it's possible, realistic? What would you do if it were up to you? Um, uh, since you've sent that in, things have happened, <laughs> um, which I think a few other people have picked up on in the questions I saw on the post. So... We'll kind of cover it off and all of that as well. But um, the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust have called for the kind of the executive board to to resign. And the reason why they've done that is they feel that they can't be trusted. And also they've damaged the club, not just in terms of trust from the supporters, which the, the trust represents, but also you've got to remember that all the other clubs in the Premier League have gone, we won't deal with you. 
<laughs> you know, Daniel Levy's not allowed to go to any of the meetings. He's not allowed to attend any of it. It's like, we don't trust you. You know, and it, this is for all the six clubs, not just Daniel Levy. Yeah. Um, and, and because of that, it has created a, a real problem because if the Premier League as a whole are announcing and agreeing things in these meetings, which all pass with a simple majority, so basically all the other clubs can just carry on doing it without the six, we're missing out here. You know, this shouldn't be happening. So the the trust basically said, we feel after this debacle, you, you should go. The, the club do not feel that way. Daniel Levy has since come out fighting his corner and has issued a statement uh, saying they apologise you know, wholeheartedly or some crap, um, which I'm still not buying, because they then contradicted themselves in the, in the statement. Um, they said, we had no idea of, you know, this, what was going to happen. Well, at best, what you're saying there is you're incompetent. Mm, <laughs> because yeah. if you're telling me you signed up to a Super League with all that money and all that involved and you didn't know what was going on, you're incompetent. Yeah, it's <laughs> you, hard to buy, but, isn't it? It is very, very hard to buy. But it's like one of these situations where this statement is like, okay, you're either incompetent or you're lying again. Yeah. Which is it? Mm. And either answer is bad. Yeah. Because yeah, you're either admitting to the entire world that I didn't read a contract. That's, all I basically saw was the zeros and signed it. <laughs> or you're you're admitting that... Or once again, you're demonstrating that you're lying. Now, the trust called for them to go because the trust... And you can look at the meetings and the minutes of the meetings repeatedly said there are rumours about a European Super League breakaway and there are rumours that Tottenham were involved in the discussions. Remember the journalist who broke this story had been going on about this for months. I think someone worked out about 18 months. He's been on this story and talking about it. So for nearly two years, it's now been revealed the club were in discussions with all these other clubs to form this this thing. And repeatedly were asked and told, no, absolutely not, it's a complete lie. Mm. Absolutely not, it's a complete lie. Now, the club tried to cover this off in their statement by saying, obviously we couldn't consult with the fans because of the, the legal agreements and everything like that. But in those meetings with the trust, the trust basically went, okay, because you do realise this is something that the fans, in the format that's being reported, to something that fans would be against, and you'd have quite a big reaction to it. And the club are like, yeah, but it's not happening, so it doesn't matter. So for them in this statement, they then go, we were kind of shocked how angry everyone was. <laughs> yeah, you can yeah. understand where the trust are like, oh, you're kidding yeah, me. It's just it's like, uh, it's... It, it's bad. Regardless of, like me and you, you know, we've got different opinions on the European Super League, but regardless of that, what the board have done and what Daniel and that lot have done is really bad. Yeah, no, I get that. <laughs> it's like, it's like yeah. if you're, if like you're running a business, sometimes you do have, you can't reveal, for like I'm contractually, I can't tell you because I'm, you lot, publish your minute to the meeting and also you know you lot could leave this room and tweet about it and i can't allow that to happen so i can completely understand that but to listen to them in all those meetings where they've basically said to you constantly it, it, because if you are doing this it's a really bad idea because of this this and this and gone yes yeah, fine <laughs> don't worry about it and then do it anyway and then turn it around like we had no idea. Why didn't anyone tell us? It's just, it's just <clears throat> basically saying we all think you're stupid. Is it? it is. Yeah. You're not wrong. I mean, big companies. Uh, it's the kind of arrogance. I mean, yeah. I, I deal, I deal with banks on a regular basis, and it is just this absolute arrogance of we're big, you're small. Yeah, deal I'm with right, it. Yeah. you're wrong, yeah. and you, you know. 
you got to lump it. And if, if anyone ever turns around and tells us we're wrong, we'll just pay the fine. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, yeah, yeah. It's basically unlimited funds. Do whatever the hell you like. And oh, I mean, my work sort of working with small businesses going up against that is like you're driving your head for a wall. Yeah. But you just got to know what you're doing. And with the trust, like I said, I, I looked at their kind of six-point plan that they laid out and I did have a lot of reservations about it because I was like, read it, I'm like, this doesn't sound like workable like i i know running businesses and stuff like i know what i'm doing with these things you can't run a business by committee like it's impossible and if if i was reading their kind of plan right they're like yeah i want to fan in on every meeting i want to you know so imagine the club going right okay we've had this great commercial opportunity um you know we got to get back to them straight away but basically they want to sponsor our shirt they're going to pay us more than anyone's ever paid us ever and the fan walks in and goes what color is their logo yeah Red, not a chance, mate. Nope, not a chance. I'm like, yeah, but they're going to pay us like a hundred million a season, and we could use all that for players. It's red. Tell them no deal. It's like that can't. That's not. That's not a thing. You know, that's not something that can happen. And also, you can't have a situation where it's a committee. You know, fan input. One hundred percent. I'm on board with. It. And when I went to the trust and went, look, I'm a big supporter of the trust, but I don't get this. They broke it down for me, explained it, and it's like that's all they're after. They're basically just saying that the club should have someone sat there who represents the fans on a regular basis. And by the way, they're not putting themselves forward. <laughs> they right. they said the trust has to be independent. So if you're part of the trust, you cannot be part of the Tottenham board. Right. So they're like, we just think, and a lot of people are like, oh, it's a power grab. No, no. They are literally just saying that some fan in some capacity or fans should ha- should be able to be in on these things. So when the club are sat there going... Do you know what? I think we should move the club to Millwall. <laughs> you know, we should move this. We couldn't build the stadium we wanted. We should move to Wembley. A fan goes, uh, no. <laughs> um, hello. <laughs> Allow me to just interject yeah, here yeah. on behalf of all Bad fans. Bad <laughs> Yeah. You want to be called the MK Spurs? What the f- <laughs> you know? And And the idea is that someone is there going to voice fans. So when this European Super League would have been debated at the board level, even if the fan is bound by a confidentiality agreement, they can put the voice of the fans to it to say, yes, I can't walk out here and tweet and go to the press about it, but I can sit here and tell you, fans aren't going to like this. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and and, and that's, that's kind of what the trust are calling for. And then the club put an announcement out saying, yeah, we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And then doubled down on their war words with the trust by calling them out saying, oh, we've invited you to meetings. We've done this. We've done this. And that has been condemned. Uh, you go on the Twitter, um, the the Football Fan Association, the FA, everyone has just condemned them for having a go at the trust. Every single one of those retweets on that Tottenham statement was just like, everything you said there has been undone by contradicting yourself on the on the, on the the league by saying, we didn't know. <laughs> and then later on in the same statement, they basically then say, and then when we did learn about this, we thought that we'd you know be able to adapt it. Like, no, you're saying yeah. you didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make just, your mind up. Yeah, yeah, you are compounding your error here. Yeah. Sometimes to put down the shovel. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, time to admit all, that you made a mistake. All, yeah. yeah, man, you're bang on. Because <laughs> all that needed to be was an open letter from Daniel Levy going, um, you know. I thought I was making the decision in the best interest of the club and the fans. The fans have spoken. I've reversed that. I apologise. Bang. That's it. It's done. Do, do you know, because do, everyone yeah. can accept that he was trying to do... You know, everyone could accept... Everyone could go, all right, you you made that. You thought you were doing the right thing, but you've now listened to us. 
that's the end. It's yeah, done. Completely. You know? you know, I don't understand, like especially nowadays with things like Twitter and, and social yeah. media, like it is. You see it all the time, don't you? Like on, um, yeah. like in in Parliament, like you know, you'll you'll see yeah. you'll see someone who's been caught out making a mistake, and instead of just yeah. admitting it, they just double yeah. down on it. And I think it really it can really appeal to you your your empathy uh, if someone just says, look. I, f- I fucked yeah. up. Do you know what I mean? I, I always but we do it. We all do so it, don't more. we? Yeah. I have always found I've respected people so much more. Even like with politicians, are a good example. Even with politicians who's uh, that you know I don't agree with their view. I don't agree with their stance. Thing when they've literally gone, yeah, no, that was an error on my part. I did that. Um, I, I've learned from it, and this is what I do different now. So like, at least I'm like, oh, okay, I don't agree with you, but I respect you. Um, and with Daniel Levy, I may not be his biggest fan at the moment, but at least I would have come away from reading that and gone, okay, he's acknowledged it. We can all move on now. But by just continuing to kick the can down the road, because mm. they almost it's almost like they want to lay the blame elsewhere. It's like like the first statement they did, I me and you both read it and went, they've basically just gone, ugh, this was a great idea and you've ruined it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it yeah. was like, what? <laughs> what are you on? Every other club's gone, look, sorry, we've backed out now, you know, don't be mad. And yeah. on Tottenham and they're going, ugh, idiot fans. <laughs> no, you, now you understand why we were trying to get rid of you all. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh, thanks a bunch. Yeah, but anyway. Um, so we have got uh, various other questions on the Facebook page. Uh, first one up is from Ryan Miller, who says, "What is your opinion? Oh wow! What, what is your opinion on the statement Spurs released with regards to the ESL? In particular, the below statement. This bit really annoyed me. We have offered on several occasions to meet board to board to discuss an open agenda, excluding a change of club ownership and the resignation of the board. Our door remains open on this basis. Uh, Ryan, we just talked about this. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, sorry, mate. Oh, yeah." Um, <laughs> You're right. the The attack on the the trust was unnecessary, but it's it's a it's a big business practice. Like I say, in my job, I work on a regular basis going with uh, small businesses who have got disputes with banks. So you're literally taking a business that maybe got a turnover of like tens of thousands a year up against a multinational billion pound bank that have got unlimited resources, and on so they have every tactic you can imagine from just delaying things you know, trying to delay it and delay it and delay it. There was a panorama investigation into uh, Lloyd's Banking Group once where the chief executive of Lloyd's Banking Group was asked in a meeting, what do we do about all these claims? And he said, how old are they? And they said, well, in their 60s, so we'll wait. Oh, wow, Jesus. And and yeah, the, the idea is like, well, we'll just delay it. You yeah. know, they're owed millions. If we delay it, it'll cost us tens of thousands but they'll probably die. Yeah, oh, it's terrible. Do, do you know what? Just very, very quickly, I was I went yeah. out for a walk yesterday with Vicky, and uh, at this time of year, all the, the swans have got their little baby swans, and oh, the ducks yeah. got their baby yeah, ducks. Yeah. And the, there's a path, and these two swans are walking down the road, to, uh, walking towards us with their little baby swan. What are baby swans called, by the way? Do you know? Signets? Yeah, well, yeah, there you go. And they, they epitomise big business swans because the best form of defence is attack. Oh, <laughs> these guys, man, yeah. these guys... They're scary, you know, and 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 you find it, don't you? If you've if you've got, I mean, you you wouldn't want to mess with a swan. I mean, I know they're smaller than us, but they've got some beaks on them. And I, yeah, I think it's man. the same with big business, isn't it? You know, the, the best form of defence is to go on the attack because you know yeah. you're going to win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're not wrong. I mean, it's it's nuts. I mean, and and what they've done here is basically divide and conquer. Yeah, they completely. know the fan base is fractured. They they read the thing. They know a lot of fans saw that statement from the trust and went, oh, I don't agree with that. So they've just doubled down on that. Because mm. if they keep the fan base divided, 
they can they can rule, divide and rule. Um, if all of the fans were completely united behind the trust, they would never have released that statement. They would have absolutely crapped themselves at the notion that every fan in this country around the world would be like, nope, mm. and they'd have met with them. The, the whole thing about not meeting is that the trust have said it cannot be business as usual. You, you cannot just walk into this meeting with us and act like everything's fine. You know, we we have taken the extreme measure of saying we think you should go, and you you now want to walk in and just act like no, no, it's fine. No, yeah, we didn't lie to you for years. No, but um, unless the trust and, isn't yeah. damaged, and that's what they're doing. They're just going on the attack, aren't they? The yeah. board. They're just uh, going. Exactly, look, you know, it's, exactly it's, what it's doing. The, the 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 trust. They're they're the guys that are making it difficult. You know. The other thing that's worth noting is, of course, the thing that they've put this statement out as is one of the things that the trust have called for. So in, in a lot of ways, the trust have looked at that and gone, well, that's great. You haven't involved us in this at all. So we don't know how genuine it is. We don't know the circumstance. We don't know any of the things. You've just put this statement out there. like, And great, but we don't know what's going on. And then the the um, Football Fan Association, like this, this massive organization, have basically put a statement out going, we are in the middle of mediating a meeting between Tottenham and the Trust. Like, literally, both sides are talking to us, and you've put this statement out, attacking them whilst we're in the middle of sorting this out. Mm. What are you doing? You know, yeah. and, and it's it's just another example. Like you said, the might is right. They don't care. They're no, just course. like, we're, yeah. we're big, you're small, we're going to go after you. Yep. Um, I, I think it's going to backfire on them, because... There seems to be a growing uh, protest thing online. The problem with online is you can never tell. You can never tell how big something really is. But there appears to be a, a big... And by the way, trusts aren't pushing that. The trusts are completely separate from it. This is fans on their own are wanting the board gone. Um, it could be 10 guys with one sign and it'd be a bit embarrassing. If you go by the social media presence, it looks like it's going to be a lot more than that. Yeah. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that. That could be interesting. Uh, Dean Bernard says, what do you think the board asking for us fans to get behind Ryan and the boys for the final push? Especially when us fans have been asking for years for the board to back the manager, whoever it was, and invest in the team. Um, to be honest with you, Dean, it was just a placatory way of signing off the statement. Um mm. You know, get behind the team. Don't protest against us. You know, please just support there. the team. Look yeah. over there. <laughs> you know, it's basically 10,000 fans, potentially 10,000. Did you get a ticket? I didn't apply for one, mate. I didn't apply for one. I just, I I just I I'm, not, I'm, I'm not feeling it. I don't blame it. you. There's a virtual hug coming your way. I know, how much you, I know how much you would have wanted to. And yeah. I know you've looked at that and gone... No. no. What's really fascinating is I'd love to know if, if we've sold that out. Because everyone who applied on like Tottenham Twitter and everything like that has got one. Yeah. And I know a lot of season ticket holders who didn't. No, and just like you went, you know what? No, I'm no. not putting 60 quid in your pocket after this. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, it, that's the They've thing. They've even yeah. added free food, by the way. Yeah. Well, Have you seen that? Oh, stick it up your ass. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's some clubs, <laughs> I think some clubs, is it Burnley, are giving yeah, their tickets away for free. Yeah. And they say, you free. just don't, just donate yeah. whatever you want to charity. Donate, yeah. Donate what you can to charity, please. As like a. What you know, what you can give, please give, and we're going to give you these tickets. You just apply like the lottery, and if you get one, you know, donate what you can if you can. That's that's the way to do it, isn't it? After just, all this, that's, just that's the way to be it. And Burnley, Burnley weren't one of those six, were they? No, <laughs> no, they weren't. But you look at like Arsenal for that game. I think the ticket price, the highest price, is like twenty five quid. Wow. 
ours is 62. I just... And look, not not just they don't they they don't they didn't know well did they know how the how the, this part of the season's panning out? Look, top four's gone now completely it's, it's, it's evaporated. Yep. Well, yep. We're playing for this third tier third tier European competition, and they and they want <laughs> we're us to play us... to finish above Arsenal. There is nothing, nobody at the club right now or any fan gives a crap about that third tier European. And, and they and they want sixty quid a ticket for. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know where yeah. where do I start? Where do you start with well, it? Like the, the trust put out a thing about that, like going it's a category B fixture on your based on your own website, and you've priced it higher than category B average. What are you doing? Just don't make sense. What, what are you doing? They're, they're just. This, uh, I mean, look, we, we've we've spoken on length about on length about you know this this statement they put out. Yeah. Are they are they are they just are they this out of touch? Are they really this out of touch? <laughs> you know I, was, I, mean? I was thinking that um, principal skin, Skinner thing in The Simpsons. Am I out of touch? No, it's the children who are wrong. <laughs> yeah, <it really> is <laughs> That's so Daniel true. Levy. Am it I out of touch? No, yeah. the millions of fans, the fans are, are wrong. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, the thing is, if they sell out ten thousand tickets, and that's they they've won because yep. they've proven to everyone who elected not to go mm-hmm. that there is someone stood behind you. Some muggle pay. Yep, some muggle pay. And that's yeah, that, that's the kind of depressing thing. It would be beautiful if the club didn't sell out the ten thousand. Not because I don't want the club supported, not because I don't want the players supported, but as a message, message yeah. as a kind of. <clears throat> or just like the ten thousand go and at half time all stand up and walk out. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Just yeah. just some just uh, but if you're spending sixty quid, you just don't walk out. No, <laughs> you know? no keep your yes, money's worth. Stay there, live there, move in. That's like <laughs> that's like a day's rent in London. <laughs> yeah. Well you know um, you know how much my season ticket is. I mean I've got I I've do, got one man, of the cheaper ones. You know, and it's I do. I it just uh, it it pains me. Uh, there's that thing like there used to be a football club over there. And that's it, you know. And when I see the, the trust constantly are talking about we want football to be at the heart of this football club. And when I see people attacking the trust on a regular basis, their whole argument is football's a business, it's a big money business, you've got to treat it like a business. I'm like, nobody's saying that the football club should suddenly go, right, let's ramp up that, let's, you know, let's not run itself well. Yeah. Everybody's saying that at the heart of every decision the club makes should be football. And in that statement, they did try and say, like, oh, football in priority and on-the-pitch matters is our priority, and the stadium's going to allow us to invest in the first team. Everyone reading that must have gone, wow, never heard that before. Yeah, Yeah. And then they put the line in, and this is in this statement, which goes, but of course, we are going to have to recoup the money lost by, you know, the pandemic. And that's probably why you're all going to get fleeced for tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'll go on. I'll stop. Simon Whiteman. Hello, Simon. Nice to hear from you. Is Ryan Mason under orders as regards to team selection? It seems very obvious that certain squad players have switched off and already on the beach somewhere or looking ahead to the Euros. It feels like a wasted opportunity to give minutes to our brightest academy prospects. What are we going to learn about Dyer, Aurier, Sissoko, Lamella, etc.? Nothing new. Um, I would say I don't think Ryan Mason's the kind of guy who would take that. <laughs> I think a lot of people might think that Daniel Levy goes right. You got it to the end of the season. You do as you're told. 
uh, Ryan would be like, yes, sir. Mm, nah. No. <laughs> nah. If the, he'd say, all right, I'm doing it, but I'm doing it my way. Yeah. Um, or, or just leave me in my own job. I'll keep coaching the under-18s and you can run the first team. <laughs> Do what you want, Baldy. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Ryan... He's a very well, softly spoken young man, but he is. Yeah, don't don't mess with him. The kid, the kid knows his own mind. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think that's the case. I do get where you're coming from. It does seem a little bit odd. Some of the selection. And one thing I would say as well is Ryan's working with this squad day in day out. If he's picking some players who appear to be switched off, can you imagine what the others must be like? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, everyone's gone on about uh, Ndombele had that injury and then he still didn't get picked. It's like, oh, why isn't Ndombele getting any minutes? Well, possibly because that dude is on the beach. You know, that yeah. dude is switched off so badly that he's like, I've played 50-odd games this season. Been substituted a lot, by the way. <laughs> But, you know, I've played 40 odd games this season. Like, in France, that's three seasons worth. <laughs> yeah, know, I, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> um, I couldn't believe that stat that Pierre-Emir Holtboyd, in his first season for us, has racked up 50 appearances. That's mad, isn't it? If that, that guy mad. keeps doing this, he's going to set our all-time appearance record by the end of his contract. Well, that's, isn't that how many appearances Darren Anderton made in like, the 10 years he was at the club? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Darren Anderton is our all-time Premier League appearance maker. <laughs> It's like 360-something. I mean, it's still nuts to me that everyone's injuries, like, oh, yeah. he never played. He was yeah. always injured. It's like, well, clearly he wasn't. Yeah. Clearly, It's a myth. Yeah, it is a bit of an urban myth. I think he missed like a big chunk of a season. That was it. He was called Sick Note once, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. It's stuck. Uh, but Simon, no, I don't think so. I, I do get your point about the academy players. But at the same time, uh, I think in their brains, Ryan and the squad are desperately trying to secure a higher place finish as possible. In their minds, they'll be hoping that somehow they can grab a Europa League spot. Um, us as fans, we'd almost go, no, nah, drop out. Give us a season out of Europe. Focus yeah. on rebuild. Uh, club financially and everything, I don't think that's what the club want. I don't think that's obviously I don't what the players want. The players want European competition as well. Mm. Um, do we want to be in that third tier? Not really. Um, the idea of the Europa League being going to Azerbaijan is bad mm. enough, but going to the team that finished third in the Azerbaijani league is kind of upsetting. Yeah. Um, but it's what it is. If we do qualify for that, I hope the club takes an attitude of we're sending the academy team to every game and we're just letting them, you know, squad players and academy only yeah, <laughs> and yeah. we will develop experience for them and stuff. Um, but to be honest with you, really, the reality is the only thing Tottenham are playing for right now is finishing above Arsenal. And I am sick to my stomach at the fact that it looks like we're gonna they're going to overtake us. That that is bothering me more. It's like the gone off cherry on top of the crap cake of the season. <laughs> it just is killing me. They've got Crystal Palace and Brighton to play. We've got Wolves and um, Aston Villa at home, and then we travel to Leicester on the last day. We win our two home games. We finish above them no matter what. If we win our two home games, we yeah. got to win those two games. Then Leicester can smash us. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Just, just please finish by Arsenal. I, yeah. I don't ask for much anymore. I really don't. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of like I've given up. You've beaten me to the point where I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm resigned to the fact we're crap again. I'm back to the nineties. I feel like I'm in school again with all my mates laughing at me. 
I'm fine with all of that. Just finish it by Arsenal. Did you know how, that, my summer, and I know yours as well, will be fucking hell because yeah, of West Ham yeah, as it is, all right? Yeah, exactly. My summer with them going on at me about the fact they're finishing above us is going to be a nightmare. Oh, if God. you let Arsenal do it as well, oh, man, oh, oh the pain. I, I can't even put in the words how much it's going to hurt me. My friend who I have a bet with every season is basically... Sending me smiley emojis. That's it. She doesn't even have to say anything else. Just every game that goes past, she just sends me another little smiley because she knows they're catching us and she knows they're going to bloody do it. And she's going to send me that freaking video of that asshole goalkeeper going, It's up on Dogan. It's up on (laughs) Dogan. And I'm going to have to do some freaking forfeit like I've been making her do for the last few years. (laughs) Do you know know what I'd love love you to do? And you're very, very good with editing. You need to edit. Right, so was it back in January when we we were going? We're still in every competition. We're still in yeah. the league. We're still right. We're, we're like we've got every, like you know things might be bad, but we're in every yeah. competition. We're fucked. And then yeah. cu- and then cut it to us now going. Please just finish above Arsenal. Yeah, That's I, where our I, season's I, got to. I remember I remember the Arsenal fan TV edit of them being like, "We're top of the league, bro. We're top of the league, bro." And then the same guy like six months later. We're fucked. <laughs> that, was like, that always used to make me laugh, and now I'm doing it, and oh, it's yeah. really upsetting. <laughs> oh, bloody Tottenham! You're a freaking nightmare. Um, Stefan Cruz Alvarez says, "Don't mention Leeds." Sorry, mate. Too late. Uh, we did that. Uh, Robert Tucker says, "Has anybody seen Joe Roden? And if not, has he been reported missing?" Is a valid point. He's on the side of the milk cartons as we speak. No idea what is going on there. But I think Joe's been one of our better performing defenders this season. Uh, Clearly, Ryan doesn't like him. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, Liam Hickey says, after the board's announcement yesterday, including non-executive board members from fans, do you think it's a step in the right direction and how will it affect us going forward? Um, we've kind of discussed it already, Liam. But at the moment, we don't know because it's it's great putting out these kind of statements, um, but what you know what does that actually mean they're on about doing it i mean twitter immediately had everyone like you know setting up their campaign to become become the fan rep uh i've seen some great campaign promises so far um including uh the cheese room being brought back uh, i feel that 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 one's getting my vote definitely um everything from a statue outside the stadium of eric lamella calling jack wilshire a pussy um <laughs> or another one of him stamping on Cesc fabregas uh, a permanent memorial to the Battle of the Bridge. <laughs> so yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot of good stuff. Uh, Martios says, if you were queuing for an ice cream on the beach and you looked out to sea and saw Daniel Levy drowning, would you order a choc ice or a ninety nine? <laughs> he says he'd have a ninety nine with nuts and chocolate sauce. I do like a chocolate. Do you know what? Yeah. A ninety nine has to have has to have the nuts and, and sauce yeah, on top. Yeah, you got you got to do it properly. Yeah, Martin's not wrong there. Um, to be honest with you, I don't know. I, I think I'd have to go sit and watch. Um, <laughs> How about if you like, give yeah. us, give us a billion from yeah. Joe Lewis's, <laughs> and then I'll come and get you. I just, just, just sat there going, "Oh, where's your mate with one of his yachts?" Yeah. <laughs> and then just start singing that Phil Collins song to him. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it coming in the afternoon. Yeah, drown your boat in it now. I wouldn't do that really. I want to clarify this. I would save him, of course I would, and then he'd be indebted to me yeah. forever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um Barry Fowles says, or just about every prospective <laughs> yeah. As just about every prospective new manager has ruled themselves out, where do we go from here? Should oh. Levy run the business and take a step back from football in matters? God yes. 
tips on how to crawl from the black hole of despair we find ourselves in. To be honest with you, Barry, if I knew, I would absolutely tell you because I am in the worst possible Tottenham black hole you can be in right now. <sighs> and it is purely down to watching Arsenal beat Chelsea 1-0 last night. I am in the pit of despair because I feel like I know what's coming. And... The only way I'll feel better is if we beat Wolves. If we beat Wolves, I will have that little glimmer of hope again that it's not going to happen. If Wolves beat us... Like they normally do at at home. This next podcast is likely to be Matt and me, a a shadow of my former self. Like Matt going, come on, mate, let's talk Tottenham. No, I don't want to. I think I think we should I think we should if we do lose to Wolves have a podcast where we're just talking about anything but Spurs for yeah. an hour. If you know if everyone's happy with that, yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people get quite into listening to those ASMR things where it's just noises like white noise. You yeah. may have an hour of just a man crying. Yeah, 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 you may well have that. But or two men crying up. I think, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you joined me. It's good that we show our emotions. Yeah, it's exactly. Good. It's, good. it's good role models. I feel. Uh, but actually, so we play Wolves, and then I think we play Villa Wednesday. Yeah, that's right. So our next show, we'll know. We will know yeah. if we are going to finish above Arsenal or not, or we'll know if it's going to the last game of the season. Fucking hell! We know what's going to happen. Against Leicester, isn't it? Jesus Christ. Yeah, at Leicester, with Leicester playing for a Champions League place and us basically bending over. Do you remember that season that we lost the title to Leicester and then we went to Newcastle on the final day and got smacked 5 1 because the team God. just checked out? Lamella got sent off, I think, didn't he, that guy? It was just no, no, no. It wasn't Lamella. Lamella's only been sent off once. That was against the Scum. Who was it? Um, someone I think it was someone Carl got Walker. sent off. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. Carl yeah. Walker is snaky. <laughs> You know, he put a post out the other day and I wanted to absolutely chin him because all he's done is he pointed out that when I left Tottenham, I'd never won a trophy. And now I've won this, I've won this and won this. You know, I'm so happy to be part of this great club at Manchester City. And I'm like, that's all you had to say. You didn't need to put when I left Tottenham. And all it did was stir up the, the paparazzi, like, oh, let's tag Harry Kane in this. And they did. Like, the freaking Sun Sport tagging Harry Kane <sighs> in a post from Carl Walker. It's like, oh, go fuck yourself. Do, do you know what? Just briefly, I saw um, on... Oh, who was it? One of the one of the, news, one of the newspapers. They, they, they uh, put on Facebook. It comes up... I don't know if you must see it sometimes on Facebook. It'll come up with, like, a, a clip of something... That you've, you know, you've. It's like an advert, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. The, I normally get mirror ones. I don't follow them, but like they'll just come up. And yeah. it was the Man City fan, or well, said the Man City fans, a handful of Man City fans outside the grounds uh, the day after. Oh yeah, the yeah, title. yeah. And do you know? It, do you know what it made me feel like? Genuinely, mm. I know. You, I know it's going to sound like I'm just trying to make myself feel better, but mm. it really made me think that I don't. I don't ever get the chance to play champ manager or anything like that anymore. I used no. to back in the day before marriage and kids. I could just. Like my day Shit. was mine, but now yeah. I I don't you know I don't get a chance to do anything, and yeah. I used to play it for hours and hours and hours, and and you know sometimes you can you can change the rules, can't you? And you can change the settings, and you can put cheats on, and like one of them, oh, yeah. you can put like unlimited funds, can't you? Which yeah, is Man, yeah, Man yeah, City yeah. basically. Now yeah. to start with, the first couple of seasons you win all the trophies or lots yeah. of the trophies, and you think oh this is really cool. After about ten seasons in, you're boring, bored. Man. Yeah, it's bored. Yeah. Right, and and the fans look like that. They just you can see it's a struggle to kind of look happy because it just happens every freaking year, you know. And it does because it must become at some point just like. 
dull. And and and, and I and I've, I've, I I know I've talked about this in the past, but Real Madrid fans are a good example for me. Yeah, where man. Yeah, they, they just they get it all the time, and it's just there's no joy in it, is there? Yeah. Well, there, there, there must be a, a certain level of joy, but it's just that kind of oh well, there you go. There's a, there's. A, I... I long for the day that I'm bored of us winning trophies. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Please, please, Lord, bestow upon me and Matt the day we look at each other and go, oh, another, uh, not another one. one. Yeah, here we go. Oh, if I got to go out and celebrate again, do you know what? I'm good. I'll stay. I'll celebrate it next year. I'll have yeah. this year off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that ain't going to happen. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> unless we transfer ourselves to Man City in the yeah. summer, of course. How much hey, they pay us? they got Welcome a limit for Man City news. Well, yeah. do you know what? Now we're doing this podcast, like, we've got a few followers, haven't we? We can say yeah. to them, look, look, if you give us a lot of money, yeah. we, we'll do the Man City one instead. These guys, yeah. some of us might follow follow us I over. I don't, I don't think Man City would be after us. I think we might get AFC Wimbledon. Yeah, <laughs> they, they might be interested. I'm, I'm up for that. Yeah, a, yeah. True, a truly fan-owned club. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Tom Perk says, not Spurs related, but should Man United have been allowed to make 10 changes for the Leicester game? Um, i got to be honest with you, mate. I, I, this season, I, I kind of wouldn't bothered by that, given the fact they got to play three games in a week. Uh, yeah. I, I, their, their fans caused the problem, of course, and I do wonder why the club haven't faced some disciplinary for that. I've I got to be honest with you. Lower league football, the fans go on the pitch. There's point deductions. Yeah. What what's what's going on with this? And it, I'd I'd love to know why there. You know, there's probably going to be some. Oh, there's a suspended penalty, and you know, mm. we find them. You know, they they basically farted, and that amount of money fell out their ass, and it, it it's all a bit pathetic, to be honest with you. When when you see the punishments handed down to clubs in lower leagues and stuff, it's a bit stupid. They created the problem, so the club. It ain't the player's fault, and the manager kind of pointed out, like, look, I can't ask him to do this. I've got to protect them, so we're going to rotate. Yeah, I can understand if I was trying to compete for a Champions League spot, I'd be annoyed. I think Liverpool have got every right to feel aggrieved by it, but then at the same time, Liverpool get to play Man United and can beat them, you know, in the next game. Like, yeah, it's a valid thing, um, the integrity of the competition, but with COVID and everything that's gone on and the fixture congestion, I, I do get it, and I get why perhaps everyone's kind of taken a view on it this year. I think if it happens in a normal season and you know, you're know you going into a run-in and the club makes that many changes, I think people shouldn't, I don't think it should be allowed. I think the, you know, the integrity... But, you know, you look back to that season, Leicester won the league, and I know people weren't making massive changes, but teams were basically showing them where their goal was. Yeah. It was pathetic. The the yeah. whole narrative of a superstar, teams played against him and were just like, oh, Leicester have scored. Well done, guys. Yeah. And, yeah. and there, we, there we are, like, trying. Everyone's trying to beat us. Like, no, don't ruin Leicester's story. Mm. <laughs> it was yeah. nuts. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's what it is. Uh, finally, Stephen P says, is the possibility of Scott Parker being interviewed actually a real thing? If so, how low have we sunk to appoint a guy who just got relegated? Yep. Um, I think the whole Scott Parker thing is two and two. Scott Parker's got links to the club. Scott Parker is good, friendly terms with Daniel Levy, etc. Um, and people have gone, haha, Tottenham are linked with Scott Parker. Nah, I, I don't buy it at all. Uh, it just is the signal it sends to the squad, you know. You got rid of Richard Pochettino and you brought in this winner in Jose and the squad went, oh, bloody hell, okay, all right, that's that's a name. You you sack Jose and bring in a guy who's just got relegated. You know, Sonny, Kane, everyone's just going to be like, 
Bye. <laughs> See you later. And you wouldn't blame him, would you? Either? Not at all. Um, yeah. Which is no disrespect to Scotty Parker. It's just that's the reality. That's what mm. it is. Uh, but that is everything. That is every comment, everything, uh, bar an email. Oh, crap, I feel bad now. I'm going to do this really quick so I know we need to wrap up. Uh, I had an email from our friend in America, um, who shall remain nameless, Johnny. Johnny in America. Hi, mate. Um, you asked a question. Um, if Harry Kane was to win the Euros with England this summer, would that count towards his filling his trophy cabinet and thus would he be happier staying at Tottenham? Um only, and I say this with love, only an American could think England could possibly win the Euros. <laughs> yeah, what you need to understand, Johnny, is as Tottenham fans and English Tottenham fans, you've supported Tottenham for a while. Now imagine that happening at international level. Imagine supporting a team, your country, that basically excels in looking good and then falling over when it yep. when it matters. When it and matters, that's, yeah. that's basically... Tottenham and England are like simpatico. Mm-hmm. Harry Kane is like the focal point of the two most ridiculous sides yeah. <laughs> in football. It's so true. Um, now, if by some miracle, you know, COVID-induced miracle where every other team in the Euros get COVID and we, we win by default and Harry Kane lifts the trophy as England captain... I actually think it would fuel his hunger more. I actually think he'd more likely look at that and go, I want to feel this every season. Mm. I want to feel this good. I want to lift the trophy with my teammates. I want to do that. And I think that it would be worse. Um, so I'm hoping England gets smashed, sent home in the first round so he can sit home and cry. Yep. And Daniel Levy can show up, give him a big hug. Give him a nice new Rolex or something and say, you're staying with us, mate. You I, stay where you belong. Stay here. Stay, stay here. Come on, it's fine. It, yeah. I, I'm, st- I'm still... My, my, my idea is, I think it should still happen, just send him on loan to... Uh, I don't know. They're not even going to win the top. Real Madrid are going to win. It's like Athletic Madrid are going to no, win. Yeah, send probably. him to a club that's going to guarantee... Bayern win, Munich. Bayern Munich. Send him to Bayern Munich for two years. So if yeah. we go, send him now at 27, go and fill your yeah. boots for two years, come back at 29, and then come yeah. and smash all the Tottenham records, and you'll have it all out of your system then. Yeah, get it all out of your system. Go win some stuff and come home. Yes. Yeah, yeah there yeah. you go. There we go. We solved it. What more do you want? Um, all right, then, everybody. That is the show. A big thank you to everybody who's emailed, messaged, uh, wrote on any of the posts. We really appreciate you. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about the two games, Wolves, uh, so the final two home games, Wolves and Aston Villa. Fans will be there. There's also a planned protest on the 15th of May, so keep your eyes open for that and see what happens there. We'll be back to cover all of it next week. Take care, everybody. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, you can join in the conversation on our Facebook page with over 60,000 fellow Tottenham fans at facebook.com slash Spurs News. 